live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey everybody, Happy New Year. It's me, Lady Ada, the engineer. With me, Mr. Lady Ada on camera control. We're here at the Adafruit factory behind us, uh, all the machines that make your dreams come true and make some hardware. Yeah. This is where we do all of our design and coding and testing and shipping and all that good stuff. We got a uh, jam-packed show for you, about one hour of maker goodness, news from around That's the right. world and more. Mr. Lady Ada, why don't you kick it off and tell us what's on tonight's show? I'll tell you what's on tonight's show. Just first up, uh, we're wearing masks right now because we have one more person who's here. And uh, as soon as they're gone, uh, we'll take off our masks. But this is how we run Adafruit. Uh, Lady Ada and I live together. So once the, the last person is out for the day, we'll be able to take off our masks. Uh, not concerned about us. I'm more concerned uh, for Jaime, uh, the person who's still here, um, because I wouldn't want to get him sick. Okay. So uh, let's kick it off. On tonight's show, the code is New Year is here. 10% off in the Adafruit store all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Or uh, if I don't remember, it'll be up in the morning. Um, New Year's here. Use it, save 10% off, get free stuff and more on the Adafruit store on the way out. We've got an Adafruit Live series of shows. We'll talk about those, including show and tell. we got some time travel, look around in the world of makers, hackers, artists, and engineers. Main New York City factory footage. We got a bunch of 3D printing. We got everyone's favorite segment, INMPI, brought to you by Adafruit and DigiKey. We've got some new products. We got a bunch of top secret. We're going to answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. Join us there, all 32,000 of us. Tonight's going to be a big show. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. That's right. All right, that's us. Okay. So let's uh, first do some COVID news. Um, so y'all seen the news, everyone's starting to get back from holiday. It is vertical. So everyone pretty much at Adafruit is in some stage of getting tested at some point. So Adafruit seems to be beating the odds once again. Um, our team's vaccinated, boosted. Uh, they're getting tests, rapid tests, PCR tests. Uh, we wear high quality masks. We have staggered shifts. We have lots of room. We have lots of airflow. We have filtering. We've been doing all the things. So this wave um, is hitting everybody really hard. And there's a lot of scary moments because uh, people in their families are testing positive and they have very mild symptoms because they're boosted and vaxxed, but it's still scary to get that news. And uh, the way Adafruit does pay time off and all the things is others focus and takes care of our team. However, I know that's not what's going on in the rest of the world, and I know that's probably not going on maybe where you work, and I know that's not going on in probably your life. And uh, I know we're about to get through this because I could feel it thrashing. It's last gasp, which is the good news. The bad news is um, everyone lost empathy for each other. Um, people are getting meaner and worse to one another. Um, people that are normally pretty decent, um, this is, it, it's, it's, it's frayed them to a point where they might not have any other way to react or interact online other than anger and pain and depression. And uh, we're all going to be stuck with each other on the other side. And uh, I'm really worried about the damage that's being done with that right now. Um, you know, I could just say just from a company point of view with Lady Ada and I, um, she's had stalkers, harassers, people threatening her. You'd think that was something that would get lower over time it just goes up and one of the reasons is everyone's just been out of their minds for the last two years 
So um, it's unfortunate that everyone is, is doing this, and we are going to be stuck with each other. So I'll just say, please be good to one another, because... Um, bye-bye, Jaime. Take care. Um, because uh, this is... Until further notice, there ain't another planet to move to. <laughs> We're stuck with one another. So anyways, um, that's, that's, the biggest, that's the biggest concern I have right now is um, we're about to get through it. But what's coming out on the other side is, is, is uh, probably a big national camp conversation that we need to have with each other. Anyways, so uh, that's what's happening there. He'll be gone in a minute. Um, mm -hmm. So let's start doing the show, Lady Ada. We give away free stuff. That's right. We're doing freebies. Um, we ran out of pink feathers, but we have black feather RP2040 is available. We still have a couple left, so we're going to do um, that freebie. However, it's going to go away soon. So um, if you want a free Feather RP2040 for $99 or more, place your order now. Um, 149 or more, you get a free um, stomach QT board. We have a bunch of different sensors and breakouts available. 199 or more, free UPS ground shipping in the continent United States. And 299 or more, a free Circuit Playground Blue Fruit. We'll also be going back to the Circuit Playground Express due to the shortage. It was a little hard to get SAMD21 chips, but we got some more. We're going to be making more of these, and uh, we'll be back on track soon. Okay, we do a live series of shows. Sunday we did Desk of Lady Ada. Today we did Show and Tell. JP, thank you so much. Thank uh, you. We were running out of time today, and I emailed JP, and I said, and, and no, Pedro, I'm just like, hey, I think I'm going to have to cancel the Show and Tell, and I really don't want to do that. And ask an engineer, just because everything that's going on, I was going to bump it or not do it um, because it just takes a while to put these shows together and we were really focused on taking care of our, our team and just everything um, happened all at once. Um, but thank you, JP, for doing this. Watch the show and tell everyone. Go to our page, adafruit.com slash blog, or you can watch it on YouTube at any time. Relive the magic. On Sunday, we do Desk of Lady Ada and over the holiday break, we've been doing retro stuff. So what was part one of Desk of Lady Ada on Sunday? Um Part one. Oh, wait, that was even New Year's. It was New Year's. It was New Year's Eve, and it was going all the way up to. We did a project right as it hit midnight. Yeah. So I've been yeah. working on um, floppy disk uh, interaction, and um, I think on New Year's Eve I actually got floppy disk reading going. So um, there's a bunch of one-minute videos as you see me learning how to interface with floppy disk drives um, using hardware. We're going to add Circuit Python support for floppy disks, um, but also it's really great for archival purposes. Um, you know, I even like as of like two weeks ago, I thought a floppy disk, a floppy disk, a floppy disk. Turns out there's like different formats and sectors and encodings and spindle speeds. Like this technology was, you know, used for um, 20, 25 years and a lot changed. Um, so uh, I learned a lot and we're writing up some of that and documenting it, but also you can watch the videos. Okay. And then we did from the desk of Lady of the Great Search related uses the powers of engineering. Go to digikey.com and you were finding cool parts and things you needed for and more. Disc. And what did you what did you look for this week? Um, so this is for a floppy disk. I wanted to find uh, the matching power connector, which is called a Berg connector. Um, you know, which is ironic. I, you know, a lot of connectors are called by the name of the company, even though the company makes like hundreds or thousands of different connectors. Um, but I found the connector, showed where to get it on Digikey. And also, even though floppy disk cables aren't made anymore, I found some suggestions for like, here are cables that'll probably work if you want to connect um, from this chosen connector to a floppy disk drive to power it. Yeah. Okay, JP's product pick of the week is back. Welcome back, JP. Here's a highlight from this week's show. 
It is the ATtiny 817 Seesaw Breakout Board. What we've developed and we use on here a lot is the Seesaw Framework. That is a I squared C to anything protocol. This is the RP2040 Cutie Pie. I'm just speaking I squared C between these two things. A lot of the heavy lifting is right here on the Seesaw board. So I'm reading a potentiometer and I'm taking those analog values and I'm actually converting them into PWM values to change this brightness on my yellow LED here. I'm reading this little switch here. This is actually a NeoPixel right over here. Uh, and my potentiometer is serving double duty. When I'm in this mode, I can change the speed of a fade between a couple of colors, or three colors to be precise. It's the ATtiny817 Seesaw Breakout Board. Okay, and John's Park Workshop will be this Thursday. Tomorrow, stop by and you will also be able to Check out the CircuitPython Parsec. That resumes, too, after the winter break. Scott will be back this week. Thank you, Tim Guy, for filling in for Scott on Deep Dive. And I think Scott is doing um, some wrap-up on some Raspberry Pi stuff. Raspberry Pi Zero, I think um, SD card and uh, USB wrap-up, getting some of that um, stabilized. Learned a lot, yeah. and uh, he seems like he's, like, he said he's got fresh eyes and he's excited to go in and, and knock out those last few bugs. All right, time travel. Let's look around the world, Makers, Hackers, Arts, Engineer. We have a sort of new segment-ish that I wanted to talk about. Um, but first, uh, a little bit of reminder, because of supply shortages, because of all the things that are going on on planet Earth, we've moved Adabox to additions. So uh, before we tried to get uh, some of them around some specific holidays, absolutely not possible in uh, this current timeline universe. So what we decided to do is say, no problem, let's just make it additions, and then we're going to not have to hit a specific date. We'll just have a range of times because there are four seasons. Um, so next year, we'll be shipping the winter edition, um, assuming something else doesn't come up, uh, in uh, uh, late January, uh, well, sorry, this year, uh, February. So it'll probably be February, just the way things are going right now. So uh, there's only like a couple of slots left. So if you haven't got an Adabox uh, and haven't got a subscription, we'll be full soon. So go to adabox.com. Um, we started a little series. I hope to do more of this. Here's Lady Ada from high school. A um, little bit after high school. A little bit after high school, uh, but really close. Because I do uh, have the lip ring, I want to say. I didn't get that until I was yeah, 18. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I've seen the picture of you in high school. You look identical. I look the same, yeah. So um, we did this little series called Tales from the Hack, um, where we, and I put this up on our blog, and it was because we were walking around after we'd been doing this floppy project, and uh, it kind of just hit you, and you told me this story, and I'm like, oh my god, the story is so good. I must, I must, I must email Mudge, who's now the CTO of Twitter, and Joe Grant Kingpin, and see if it's okay to post this story. So Lady Ada, take it away. What is this uh, thing that happened when you were in high school um, with uh, Joe Grant and Mudge, kind of pe well-known people in the hacker scene? At the, yeah, at the time they were, um local Boston buddies in the 617 crew. But um, when I was in high school, um, I, was, uh, I was helping out in the IT department and um, they were tossing about a bunch of old, like Apple and, and Coco and TRS-80, like really old computer stuff that had so been in wait, the cage. Are you saying in high school, you did computer stuff and you were uh, doing stuff with the IT department? It's true. I'm shocked. 
I know. Well, at the time, it wasn't so cool. But I was, I was just, you know, the, the IT director, she was really awesome. And I think I was just helping organize and clean up. And she was going to dumpster all this stuff. Um, and I was hanging out with a lot of hacker crews and, and hacker houses. And, um, you know, one thing that I knew about hackers is, like, they love old hardware, especially free hardware. Um, and so when I... It tastes better if it's free. It does taste better. So, I, you know, I, I called up or I emailed or I messaged Kingpin. Maybe I paged him because he was doing pager stuff. And I said, hey, um, come by to high school um, and uh, help me dig through this, this trash and maybe we can find something cool. We could either sell it at swap meet or we could recycle it into some projects. Um, so Joe, Joe Graham came by. Um, he does a lot of hardware hacking stuff now and does, does product design for Parallax, among others. Um, we dug through some hardware. We, we, I think we got a, a pile of Apple IIcs. And then we had to get it, um, I think, to the loft. And you know, me and Joe Grand were like, we weren't dri we didn't drive. I think he was like 18 or 19, and maybe he didn't have a car. And I, I was, I don't think I was 16. I didn't have a driver's license yet, or at all. And um, so he's like, okay, let me call um, Mudge. So Mudge came by, and he he drove in in this like incredible car, like the coolest fucking. This car. is not the actual car, but I asked Mudge. This is pretty close, though. This is a, it's the same car, but you know, it's I don't a, know if it's. He, it's a I, I don't Mustang. Think he had must. It, 90s. No, it's a Cobra. Yeah, it's a Cobra Mustang. This is the coolest car ever. What's funny is you ask much like, oh, what was that car? And he instantly like knew all the specs and mod. I mean, he, he loved that yeah. car. Um, he drove up in this like sweet ass car in front of the quad where all, you know, after school, um, where all the kids were like smoking and um, skateboarding and, and whatever, hanging out because it's kind of the outside quad area of the high school. And this like car drives up and it's just like this totally bitching car. And I get in with these Apple two C's and like everybody in the high school was like, what? what the hell, why, why do you have a friend with such a cool car? Why were you carrying some Apple two C's? And we thought you were a loser, but it turns out that you your friends are cooler than ours. So I was like, I was kind of cool for like two days. So let me tell you some parts that Lady Ada is not going to say, sorry. Um, so, uh, well, first up, let me just do the big thank you. So thank you, Mudge and Joe Grant for being you because they saw something in this young woman who was interested in technology, who was getting um, made fun of a lot, who is getting tormented a lot, who is told, don't do this, this isn't for you, girls don't do this. All the things that happened still to this fucking day, and I'm kind of tired of it. Like, yeah. like today we got an email, how dare you do retro stuff? How dare you do this? This is mine. It's so terrible what people do to each other. I actually love right that people now. think I'm like 25. I, I, like I'm much I, older I, than I'm that. So, <laughs> and I'm sorry to curse, but it, it bothers me that when you told me this story, I was looking at a tweet that we had to block some guy because he was being so shitty online about w you liking technology. This is a waste of time. Why is this, why is this uh, uh, wannabe goth, uh, I'm not gonna even say the curse words they yeah. said. But like, why, why is your experience have to be so much different? Like if you were, if you were a, a, a young boy, it would be like, oh, look how he liked computers, it's so good. But because you were a woman. I don't know, I think we, we live in a society that's- Yeah, um, I don't like it. I don't like not, it. Uh, and, and I'll say this, for 2022, I'm sorry everybody, like we have to call it out, we have to say stop. I mean, yeah. we're gonna be positive and we're gonna show good things, but it's a little ridiculous that the day that we're getting this story and you're like, yeah, the people made fun of me and I was cool in high school just for like a day because of this. And we're like dealing with people being shitty to you. I don't like it. I don't like it. And here's the other part. Here's and the, I shrug not because it, I think it's not a big deal. I, I shrug because it's, it, it, so you know, here, yeah, I agree. So I, I have a, let me put it on time travel because I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to uh, even have the Apple logo look at this. So, <laughs> sorry, Apple logo, look away. Cover, cover you, your little you're, rainbow you're, you're, you're too beautiful. Yeah. So I remember I was talking to a CEO-like person of a company that's very similar to Adafruit. 
and I was telling them about something that we had to deal with. We had to basically get a restraining order against someone because of something that they said did send mail. Just physically. Anyways, it was a messed up it thing. It got granted. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a messed up story. And uh, they said, oh, you know, things can't be that bad. And I, I said, have you ever gotten flowers delivered to you with a death threat and saying, I'm going to cut your head off because you're Trinity from the Matrix? Um, have you ever had to deal with having, uh, uh, making sure there was enough people around going to an event so they didn't bother you? Like all these things. He's like, no. And I'm like, yeah. So like, please don't say like, it can't be that bad. Like yeah. your experience, you're like, oh, I have to like run a business and it's really tough. Well, not only does Lamore have to run a business, but she has to deal with all these things constantly like today it doesn't make the debugger run any faster either like i still have all the technical problems too yeah and like adafruit worked out okay i would yeah. say we're a successful company can you imagine if you didn't have to deal with all that stuff how much more hardware you can get out yeah so anyways i'm a little upset because um i thought this was a beautiful story but i also know the other side of the coin so maybe i'll edit this out later oh we're live i can't okay so that's <laughs> our tales from the hack okay Let's do some Python news. It was a good story. I still have the TRS-80, I think, back in my parents' place. I'm going to go see if I can dig that out. Huh. Okay, it's Python on hardware time. So this week, in the newsletter, we've got a bunch of stuff going on. CircuitPython 7.1.0 final is out. I'm going to skip uh, this part, which is I'm going to play a video, the nine-part video of us getting ready to get floppy support, being able to control all this cool retro hardware with CircuitPython. But the most important thing this week, please everyone, 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 as 2022 starts, for the last three years, we've put together a post. 2019, 2020, 2021, even though some of those years probably should be uh, removed from the calendar. Um, what we want is you to tell us what you want in CircuitPython. Um, just put your thoughts in one place. Tell, you, tell us what you like about it. Tell us the things that you want to add to it. You could do a video on YouTube, a post in a CircuitPython forum. Stuff you want to do. A blog post, um, a series of tweets, a uh, guest on GitHub. Um, or you can just email to circuitpython2020 at adafruit.com and just let us know if it's okay for us to post your thing that you send us on our blog and more. Um, you can also uh, use the short URL. Well, it's short-ish. Uh, adafruit.com forward slash circuitpython2020. And that'll take you to the blog post and more. What's cool is you can see CircuitPython evolve uh, all this time because we built so cool. a good community together. A good community of people that is very inclusive that would always give you a ride in their cool car. <laughs> so And give each other a ride. And what yeah. I like is um, every year you see stuff that we say we're going to do, and, I'll, and most of that list actually gets done. Like we are um, making constant, consistent progress, both on the community side, the documentation side, the hardware side. Um, so many little things that, you know, when we, we work fast and work hard, there's a lot that we've added. Um, we have like over 250 boards supported. We have hundreds and hundreds of libraries supported. Um, with Blinka, we support another like 50 Linux boards. And like, believe me, if it didn't work, we would get a lot more emails. So it's, it's really working out. Um, our hardware, other people's hardware, people are, are depending and using on um, Adafruit libraries, Adafruit software, Adafruit firmware, Adafruit hardware, the whole shebang. And the cool thing is everything is totally open source. So people, um, are mixing and, max, mixing and matching it with other hardware, um, getting stuff working, and uh, having a really good time. So uh, join in CircuitPython and Python for hardware is, is something that I think is, um, has really uh, been an important change and update to the way people code in the maker community and engineering community. I still write code in Arduino. 
C, C++ assembler, and, and other people do too, and that's fine, but I think this is a really welcome new family member. Yeah. I like the um, post-holiday tweets and uh, uh, emails that we get because folks say, oh, I was able to get a project up and running in less than an hour because that's all I wanted to spend on it anyways. Yeah. And they didn't have to do a tool chain, didn't have to do anything. They just plugged in a board, they modified a little bit of code, and now they had this like beautiful blinky thing for their you know, granddaughter or something like that. So I thought that was, um, that was really nice to hear. Um, and by the way, that's the other side of the coin sometimes. Um, you know, one out of a thousand things ain't great, but you have to focus on the 999. Um, I gotta tell myself that a bunch too. Um, so check out this week's newsletter. There's a bunch going on. Um, Professor John Gallagher has a bunch of stuff going on. There's a video on programming um, the Fibonacci micro 64 LED board using CircuitPython, codes on GitHub and more. You can make a RISC-V chip run CircuitPython. This store is really cool, by the way. Yes. Um, there's a CircuitPython online ID update. And then um, don't forget Scott's deep dive this week. And then we have some other news that you know usually folks who are tuned into this stuff, um, or even if you're not, maybe you want to know about it. Uh, KiCad 6, uh, sorry, KiCad. KiCad 6 is up. You say um, KiCad, I'll say KiCad, and yeah. together we've covered it. No, we should uh, hate each other forever and uh, kill the keycatters and, and, and uh, <laughs> you know, the just, just dunk on each other forever <laughs> and uh, completely be jerks about it. Um, and so, anyhow, what I wanted to do is uh, make sure we built in enough time this week. Um, I didn't really expect to do a rant, but I did. Sorry. And uh, play the video. So we first have first rant of 2022. <laughs> so proud no, it's of you. That was not the first rant of 2022. This is the first <laughs> one that's been broadcast. Um, so. Uh, this video that we're going to show now is beginning to almost present. So it's nine videos in one, nine one-minute videos, altogether about eight minutes. And it has zero to getting uh, a Raspberry Pi Pico RP2040 to completely control read-write archive a floppy drive with a floppy disk in it. So it's super cool. All right, here we go. What's this? Okay, those are index pulses coming from this floppy drive that I am interfacing with. I just got, you know, the first kind of parts going where I enable the motor and I'm setting the direction. I'm going to, you know, get the index pulses and then I'm going to find out when it's at track zero. Um, so basically kind of trying to read data off of this floppy drive so I can add native floppy disk support to CircuitPython. Um, soon I'll uh, update this to maybe use the RP2040 as well. Um, right now I'm just writing the code in Arduino because that's what I'm familiar with. So I finally got all the IDC pins set up the way I needed to. What was really helpful was this um, really, really nice modern data sheet from Samsung for the SFD321B. Uh, so it actually goes through everything you need. Um, and uh, so far so good. So I've just started basically getting the motor running. The floppy disk is responding so far, so good. Hi! Uh, I want to copy that floppy. That's right. Uh, here I've got some more stuff going on with my floppy disk controller that we're going to add to CircuitPython. So yellow traces you can see uh, is the index pulse that goes low, and then you see this like moving blue line. That's actually data coming out of the floppy drive. If I click the single button, you can see the data comes out, and it comes out as these pulses that are like 
you know, they're they're supposed to kind of be like a PWM, but they're actually just very low low pulses. And then there's a pull up to pull it up high. And you can see that the um, data comes in, you know, in in various widths. And um, so that's actually the tough part of reading a floppy. Is this is about 500 kilohertz, and the pulse width varies encoding the data. So over here. I'm actually doing something a little naughty. I'm not using a PLL. I'm actually just very, very quickly uh, in a no interrupt loop, um, reading those pulses and printing out the pulse widths. And I'm gonna see if that's good enough to read data from a floppy drive. Okay, nice Nordic shirt. Hey data, what are we doing? Okay, so uh, part three of my floppy project is I've got the data coming out of the read pen. And this is um, a GPIO pin I'm toggling up and down to show that I'm properly reading the pulse widths. Uh, for the data that's coming out in MFM format. And then what I've done over here is um, you can see I'm capturing flux transition and I've got a Cortex M4 here with like 256K of RAM. And so it's actually totally fine for me to just buffer the entire track of flux transitions because there's only 100,000 uh, transitions maximum per track. Um, and you can see that there's a little bit of binning here. So there's a couple of pulses, you know, a lot of pulses around 40. And then down here, we've got pulses around 60. And then finally, we've got pulses around 80. We've got a couple extra long ones, which is a little bit weird. Like, why is it 228? So a little bit more to analyze here. But I'm starting to get data coming in, and the data looks right. Hey, data, what is this? Okay, so we're doing some floppy drive hacking, and I've got this like original three and a half inch floppy drive, but these are actually hard to get because they're not made anymore. So I was wondering, you know, there's these off the shelf USB floppy disks, and you know, can I somehow use those? So I opened one up, I cracked it open, and it actually has a SFD321S Samsung three and a half inch floppy drive with a little adapter here, and the adapter's got a little cheap chip on the back, and there's all these points here and I'm hoping can I get flux transitions out of here because I don't want it to do the translation for me I want to get that raw data well good news um, I found a really nice person online who actually did the uh, pinouts and then when I access the disk you can see on the scope I get my index and flux transitions so you know normally if you use these USB floppy drive converters you don't you know, they, they give you like a, a, a USB mass storage, but this way can get that archival quality flux transition data. Hey, what is this? Okay, I still got my Panasonic floppy disk drive and my Feather that I'm interfacing with. And I've gotten flux data out, and now I want to get that flux data from the disk drive and the Feather into the computer. So I'm using this open source tool called Grease Weasel, and I'm updating it to support... Um, this setup that I've got here. So basically I'm reporting the Grease Weasel firmware into Arduino. So far so good. There's some like flux opcode thing that I gotta figure out. Like I've got the flux data leaving here. Um, you can see it's got the flux data sent and then over here it says, okay, it got the flux data, but then I have to like somehow encode the index. So I'm getting there, I'm close to getting raw data dumps onto my computer using totally open source hardware and software. Hey, happy new year. Happy new year. Boom. Hey, what is this? This is the first floppy disk I'm gonna try reading with my Grease Weasel compatible firmware on this Feather M4 hooked up to this floppy disk. Um, so I've got flux data and track seeking working and I'm able to get some tracks working, like some tracks are reading just fine. I'm also getting some tracks where it's like it doesn't see any sector data. And I think that's probably because like 
the flux data format I'm sending or the index whatever um, opcode I'm sending isn't quite right. But for those first few sectors that I do get working, um, the data is good. So I'm just going to have to figure out what it is that I'm doing that's slightly wrong. Um, but I feel like I'm getting closer, at least I'm seeking and I'm getting some data uh, working from the beginning of the disk track. What is this? Okay, I think I figured out all my power supply issues and my flux timing issues, and I'm ready, ready to read the secret disk that I got that they hid in that place that one time. Right. Thank you, Asenburn. So I'm going to put this in my floppy drive, and then over here on Grease Weasel, I'm going to start capturing track data. So I'm going to capture all the MFM IBM PC sector tracks, all 80 times 2 headers, so 160 total tracks. Okay, so we have read all of the sectors 100%, so it's ready to uh, open up win image. We're going to open up that secret image. Oh my God, it's going to open, but I'm going to open it anyways. Oh, no. Yeah, let's just open it. Oh no! Not um, again. Uh, yeah. I just got Rickold on my own floppy disk reader. What is this? Okay, so we've still got our floppy setup going on here where we're capturing flux traces from a three and a half inch floppy drive. But I've replaced the Feather M4 7051 with this pink feather, not just because pink is a cool color, but because this feather has an RP2040 on it, which is a low-cost chip from the Raspberry Pi Foundation. And this chip can run really fast. It also has this cool PIO uh, peripheral. So we're overclocking it to 200 megahertz, but why not? We're getting good uh, flux captures over here. And uh, when we recompiled it, and we're running a Grease Weasel, it's just working. So this is cool because now I've got two different platforms that work with this Arduino library, which is the goal to make it hardware agnostic so more people can um, wire up hardware and build hardware to work with floppy disk drives. And then next up, maybe we'll try this little fellow, the Raspberry Pi Pico, $4 microcontroller board. What is this? Okay, I'm wrapping up for the night. It's getting a little late. Time to maybe do some yoga and chill out. <laughs> um, so I've got... Um, the final board I'm going to interface with, this is the Raspberry Pi Pico. So this is a $4 mic controller. Um, and the reason I'm targeting this is it's available. Like Digikey has 17,000 of them in stock. And some of the hardware that people are using for open source floppy interfacing isn't available because we're in a silicon shortage. But this chip is available. So it's nice is that the pinouts like kind of line up very nicely. You can um, connect them straight through to your floppy disk drive. Um, and then load the um, Arduino code onto it, and I set up the pinouts all nicely, and um, tested it, uh, read a whole floppy just fine, and then I've submitted this to the um, Arduino library registry, so you'll be able to get releases, and maybe I'll even have it auto-generate UF2 files. So I think I'm done for tonight. Maybe time to celebrate. Good with, uh, work. Glass of water. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay, and that's CircuitPython news for this week. So this is beginning, middle, and present to get, to, get mm. us where we wanted to be so we would be able to start to add support for all sorts of removable drives and more. Um, you know, we got some dunks and snarks about, why would you do this? Well, there's a lot of media that is about to just go away forever unless we preserve it, put online and more. And also, you can't get hardware, so you may as well... Uh, can't we, get new chips, get old chips. We revitalize this hardware that a lot of people mm. have instead of throwing it in the landfill. Yeah. You like the planet, don't you? Yeah, mm. this is a good way to reuse it. And um, so we're adding CircuitPython support. The Jepler's working on that. 
And um, I'm going to get back to adding uh, more Arduino support uh, shortly. Took a little bit of a break um, just to, to get back to business stuff, to get all the new products in the store we're going to talk yeah. about shortly. But okay. more to come. Cool. Um, Never ending. Let's uh, jump to main New York City factory footage. We're going to do 3D printing, then we're going to go right into INMPI and then new products and some top secret, and we should just be able to get it all in tonight. Kay. So take it away. Uh, Link and get us out of here. And it's time for main New York City factory footage. And y'all are going to like this. This is the entire year of the um, Disney wow. building being built across the street. So, you know, a little bit of a slow start because, you know, you got to dig a big hole. Mm -hmm. You have to put down the foundation. And then, like, it just Boom. goes. And so this was built on um, Winnie the Pooh. No. <laughs> um, this was, the, well, yeah, kind of. Um, now that's part of its public domain. You just have to make sure you don't put the red shirt on. Um, and that is uh, this week's main New York City factory footage. Okay. Let's do 3D printing. Okay, like I said, we have a lot to catch up on this week and a lot of videos. So what we're going to do is we're going to play these back to back to back. So the first one is the 2021 3D printing highlight reel. It's a couple of minutes. Then we're going to show these really cool... 3D printed um, Vulcan earring, ear things this is cool. Elf, elf, elf. 3D printed elf, elf yeah. ear bond holders. And then we have then we have two speed ups. Yep. So uh, take away Noam Pedro.
What's up folks? In this project we're 3D printing elf ears for our earbuds. We were inspired by elf earbuds so we designed our own and made them so you can slip them over your existing earbuds. These can fit most earbuds with a similar style. We 3D printed it in NinjaFlex so the earbud has a nice grip when you press it through this loop. This features a tapered edge so the earbud stays in place. These can be fitted over your ear and wrap around the back. Printing these in flexible filament makes them more comfortable and easy to wear. We're still able to use the earbuds built-in controls so you can still use them normally. We think this would be really cool for anyone who's into cosplay or if you just want to casually wear them. You can print them in all sorts of different colors so you can match skin tones or whatever you like. We hope this inspires you to try out some flexible filament and make some creative projects for your favorite gadgets. Thanks so much for watching and be sure to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit. all this stuff and more every single week on 3D Hangouts with Neil and Pedro. All right, it's time. This week's Iron MPI is... Gennard, Gennard Tools. Tools.
This is actually okay. a New York company. They're up in White Plains. Yeah. Outside of White Plains. They're, uh, they're our next door neighbors, basically. Yeah. I don't like people who say upstate when it's many of our an lawyers, hour out. Many of our lawyers are up mm. there. Mm. One time we had to go and uh, we've been, we've been visit, to visit them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this week is uh, from Jannard Tools, and they make this really, really yeah, nice technician. You'd be the Jenna yeah. White. I like the, um, the the tread on the bottom, too. This is very, very yeah. sweet. Yeah, this is molded. This is sturdy. It's like a tire. Yeah, it looks like a shoe. Okay, so um, do, you want, do you want me to click? Maybe I'll click. Yeah. Um, so this week's INMPI is a uh, technician backpack. It's designed for technicians. And this is like the sweetest ass backpack I've ever <laughs> seen. I mean, this is like, you can tell that the people who design this backpack use and carry tools all the time because all the things that drive you nuts about carrying tools or toolbox, they fixed in this backpack. Um, so this is one of the few INMPIs that after like I got it, I'm like, I'm gonna keep this for myself because this is um, very handy. So it is a backpack. Um, it's got one big main pocket. It's got two um, outer pockets. As you said, um, one of the really neat things is on the bottom is this flat molded rubber tire like uh, base, which means it stands flat. Like if you put it down, it's not going to tip over. It kind of it has a nice flat bottom. Um, but it also is waterproof. So it means if you're outside and you're like technicians working outside in the rain or, you know, telephone system or whatever, um, you don't have to worry about your, your backpack getting wet or damaged. Um, Inside is like a couple dozen different pockets. Um, there's two multimeter pockets with like, you know, little Velcro straps to hold down the leads. Um, there's uh, screwdriver pockets, you know, one for each size. There's um, wrench pockets. Um, there is a special pocket on the outside for safety glasses. There is um, a zipper pocket in the front for like documentation or phones or whatever, general purpose stuff. Everything is like super padded and durable, so you're not gonna get poked with a screwdriver. Um, what I like is that everything has a spot, right? This is basically a replacement for a, um, you know, a tool bench or a toolbox where you're not going to like stick your hand into a sharp pointy metal saw filled, you know, backpack and everything's at the bottom and like a mess. It's like everything has its own place. Um, but it's all the little details, um, that I really like. I'll show the little details after we, um, when I hold up in video, because there's like a lot of little things that I'm like, oh my God, this yeah. is like so cool and so smart. Um, one thing I like is, yeah, it was designed um, by this New York company. It's got a um, made for life guarantee. So it's like the quality is really good. I'm not worried about it, but if there's any defect in manufacturing, um, they will replace it. So And it's available on DigiKey. For like under a hundred bucks. It's a really good deal. Um, it's, it's a perfect backpack for hauling tools. Yeah. Um, or I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's other purposes that this would be useful for. That's on the side. Okay. So this is one of the things I really like. There's this metal clip that has like a, a, a hard backing and it's designed so like, you know, you have your mm -hmm. tape measure and you clip it on and it doesn't come off and it's not like rattling in your bag. Um, okay, well, tell me when you want me to hold it. Yeah. Oh, there's this Velcro. Oh, this is nice. I didn't even. Yeah, oh, there's okay. like little I'm slots. Things, and there's, this there's little thing. slots here, so you can like, you know, you quickly are like, oh, I just want to put my wrench or screwdriver or whatever pen um, oh. somewhere really quickly, where you're like, I don't have time to open it. You can just uh, put it here. There's uh, ten slots. There's a big Velcro piece, so you can like have your own Velcro stuff. You can see the Velcro here. Oh. These are the slots. This is nice. This is actually um, most people don't know this, but this is for carrying your floppy disk drives. Yeah. Um, it yeah, is this now. Is, it's, it's hard molded and it's got oh, yeah. um, a little slot, but it's soft on the inside because it's meant for carrying your safety glasses. Um, so it's protected, but if you feel yeah. on the inside, it's got that soft felt. Okay. And there's another slot. And yeah, then 
This zips open, and all the zippers have really good zipper pulls, which I really like. Mm. Um, so this is just like a holder, and then I like that all the, um, there's like side gussets for every pocket. And then the main pocket. Oh, just a little note here. This is a nice detail, these little loops here, because I, I have all these hooks Yeah, carabiner loops. Yeah. There's two carabiners. Oh, wait, I forgot to mention. This is cool. So on the side, there's like two pockets for like larger screwdrivers. Mm. This is for um, electrical tape or duct tape or gaff tape. So you open this up oh. and you put the tape in That's smart. and then you um, clip it closed so it's solid, but like you can then That's a good idea. get tape off. And then inside, there's the multimeter pockets. Yeah. So there's like, you know, multimeter, like fluke, multimeter yeah. size pockets. Total lots, you know, a couple dozen little slots. I mean, you can still put stuff in it, but it's really designed for. Yeah. Um, it's like, the, I'm trying to think slots. of a good analogy. It's like a really good tool belt that's a backpack, but also more. Yeah. And then, of course, the bottom. Yeah. Is really good. And then, of course, it also comes with free stickers, which is important. They're nice vinyl stickers, too. Yeah. So this is pretty sweet and everything's padded. The back is padded, but it's not all padded. It's just in the shoulder blades. So it won't oh. get sweaty. And yeah, That's so nice cool. backpack. So this would be like a really good, of course, if you work as a technician, but if you have a friend who's a technician and you want to get them a gift, this is a really nice gift to give someone. To, I mean, they're going to love it because like, I'm actually kind of tempted to take this home. Like we have a big toolbox oh. and it's like a pain. Yeah. So you could fit a laptop in here easily. You could fit a laptop. Um, for sure, I would just put it in a case just because you have all the tools with sharp things. The front pocket could fit like a smaller like notebook or like a tablet, um, which is probably what it's for. Um, but yeah, it's a really nice, it's a okay. really nice um, tool belt. And uh, I think there backpack. was a few left on DigiKey because, you know, hard to find anything on planet Earth at the moment, but there's some there. Yeah. So go to DigiKey, check out the short URL there or the ID as well. And that's this week's Ion on PI. Sorry. But wait, there's more. I forgot. There's a video. Did you want to play the video or should we send it? Yeah. People? Sorry. Uh, let's play the video. I'm so excited. No, actually, there's not a video. Okay. There's not a video. That's fine. We did the live demo. Um, we We're did the done. live demo, but there's a great video on the DigiKey site if you go to this product page. Um, yeah. There's a video where they showed in more detail with really big close-ups of yeah. all of the pockets. Uh, uh, apologies. Actually, you know what? Um, I can grab the, Yeah, I can grab that from over here. Hold on. Yeah? Yeah, let's play it. Okay. It, you know what? It's been a day. Let's pretend that didn't happen. Sorry. This isn't live. I'm going to fix it no, in post. No, it's fine. So here we go. Nobody should know. Hey guys, Ed here from Jonar Tools. Today I want to talk to you about our BP-100 Technician's Tool Bag Backpack. This backpack is 20 inches tall by six and a half inches deep and 14 inches wide. The backpack features 36 pockets and 12 straps that allow you to put something in it very quickly and easily and has a two inch wide Velcro strip in the front. The backpack features a strap here allowing you to hook up uh, electrical tape and light. It has a clip here for you to put your tape measure on it. Cushion straps and cushion back in the back for added comfort. It has a heavy duty EVA foam front pocket to protect things like safety glasses or maybe sunglasses. 
Inside, the backpack has 36 pockets. Additional spots to put things like small screwdrivers and like. You can put them in these pockets as well. Has two pockets here for your meters or anything you want to protect. The backpack is made of 1680D ballistic material. The bottom here is rugged, waterproof plastic, so keep it nice and sturdy and dry in some of those harsh conditions out on job site. Thank you. All right, so that's really, really my NMPI this week. Woo! I guess I'll play this thing again, yeah. Hi, on MPI. Okay, later before we go into uh, new products, let's give everyone the code. New Year is here, that's the code. 10% off the native for start all the way up to 11.59 p.m. tonight. Are you ready to do this? Yes, let's do it. Why it's a new, it. new. <laughs> Product of the new year. Happy New Year. New products. <laughs> All right, new products. First up. Yeah. It's a benchiometer. Um, this is an um, Alpha uh, Taiwan right angle 5K linear panel mount potentiometer. I know it's a lot, but we're actually going to carry a bunch of different Alpha pots. Um, and this is like the first one of the series. Um, it's a right angle pot. A lot of people use these in stuff like synthesizers and mixers and all kinds of projects. Um, 5K linear, you know, we already have a 1K, 10K, and I think 100K um, linear pots from Alpha. Um, so we're just gonna add a lot more. So starting with this 5K, uh, it's a nice little pentiometer. The pin spacing is 0.2 inches. You can use it in a breadboard if you like. It's a very fine pot. Next up, we have what I call the shortest USB-A to USB-C cable. This little thing is handy because it turns anything into a trinky. Um, <laughs> if you have a computer with a USB-A port, plug into the side, and now you can plug a board with a USB-C uh, socket on it into it, and it's like an instant connection because USB-C is reversible. You don't have to worry about like what if the board's upside down because it can always be reversed the other way around. Yeah. So it's kind of a nice little adapter um, shown here with handy. a uh, laptop. Yeah, it's a little handy like trinketifier slash shortest little USB-A to C adapter, but I think very handy for dev boards where you want to turn them into a little pluggy thing, but yeah. they don't come with a pluggy thing. All right, and we finally got these in stock. They're here, yay! Yeah, we got these, you know what they're called, like a meditation box, it's sometimes they're called Prayer Buddha box, machines. Prayer machine, yeah. These are often hacked. People will use the cases, or they um, do uh, circuit... Uh, uh, Circuit bending. Circuit bending, thank you. Yeah. Uh, on the electronic um, side, I even took a photo of the uh, PCB on the inside so you know what you're getting. Or you can meditate to them. Um, yeah. They are kind of cool.
we all needed that. Next up. Yeah, we definitely all needed that. Um, this will help you relax. Next up, it's the um, CP2102 friend. This is an update basically for our CP2104 friend, which is an update of our FTDI friend. Basically, it's a USB to serial converter chip on a breakout with all the pins on the side broken out, and on the end is like an FTDI cable end. It's, it's basically this power ground, data, RTS, and uh, CTS combo, like six pin connector, that's often used in dev boards that need a USB serial converter and maybe have a couple control lines, but don't have that built in. So the CP2102N is the next generation after CP2104. And um, we love the CP2104. It's a wonderful two megabit per second USB serial converter from Scilabs. We use it in dozens of boards. However, I know you're about to hear is we can't really get any more CP2104s. They're um, proving very difficult to find in the shortage. Um, but we have been able to get CP2102s. And so they're almost but not quite pin compatible. Um, and for that reason, we wanted to start with making a breakout because this is USB-C. Um, one thing that's different is that it does have um, up to three megabit per second, not two megabit per second. So it can go a little bit faster than the CP2104. Um, the onboard EEPROM can be reprogrammed, uh, whereas on the CP2104, it's a one-time programmable. So there, there is a purpose for having two different breakouts for this board, but basically we're kind of trying to get this out to um, have an option for people who can't get the CP2104 and also to um, experiment with this chip before we do a swap out of all of our other breakout boards from the four to the two. That said, it's a perfectly fine FTDI uh, replacement and it's got USB-C, uh, RX and TX LEDs. It's got all the pins broken out. So if you need all those, you know, weirdo um, uh, modem control lines like ring or um, DTR or, uh, uh, let's see what else. DCD, you know, you need those pins, this breakout has them. All right, next up. Next up is um, by request, a lot of people asked us to make a MCP 23017 breakout. Now we carry the chip for the MCP 23017 and, and honestly, I've just been using the chip all this time, but I do see the benefit of having a breakout where, you know, the pull-ups are set up for you and there's the capacitors and, you know, everything's kind of aligned uh, quite nicely. So this little breakout has an MCP 23017. It's a 16 channel GPIO expander um, that you can control over I squared C. So it has 16 GPIO labeled A0 through A7, B0 through B7, and each one can be an output and it can drive or sync 25 milliamps of current. So it's good for LEDs and stuff like that. It can also be inputs, uh, and the inputs can have pull-ups enabled. So good for buttons as well. So it's kind of like a nice general purpose GPIO expander. The nice thing about the MCP23017 is it's like kind of old. Like it's a well-established known chip. There's drivers for it all over the place. It's used so often. Um, and this breakout is STEMIQT compatible, so you can plug it into I2C very easily. On the bottom are three I2C address jumpers, and so you can have up to eight of these on one bus. They use, I think, address 20, OX20 uh, through OX27. It's got lots of GPIO, but it's, it's a nice, just reliable, non-weird GPIO expander. A lot of GPIO expanders have some weird thing going on. This one does not. It's really normal. So it's a, it's a nice, easy 16 GPIO plug and play with I2C. All right, next up, big deal. Start the show tonight besides you, Lady Ada, our team, our community, our customers, 
everyone hanging out in the chat tonight is da, 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 da. Da, da, the first, the last product we manufactured in 2021, and the first product um, we're releasing out of 2022 yeah. is the ESP32 S2 TFT Feather. Um, so we basically took a 1.14 inch color TFT display and slapped it onto our Feather ESP32 S2 to give you a Wi-Fi microcontroller board based on the ESP32 S2 with native USB, two uh, megabytes of PSRAM, four megabytes of flash. So it's got a lot of capability, a lot of speed, and it's got this color TFT display. And um, you can see I also have a little NeoPixel up top and a STEMIC UT port so you can plug and play I2C, oh. uh, reset and boot button. Um, it's went through a couple different redesigns due to part shortages and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you want something that's just ready to go, it has a display, um, you can even use the, you know, the boot button as an input. So it, you, know, you might be able to do even some simple projects that just need like one button um, and a display and, and I squared C, you know, plug for external sensors or to the overhead. expanders. Yeah, let me see if this um, demo comes up. Okay, so here you go. So, the demo, I will say, it's like, oh, you have a battery. I don't have a battery. The, the, um, there's a battery monitoring chip. Hold on. So um, it, it might, oh, and you have it plugged into a, an actual plug thing. No, I know. Yeah, there you go. Do that. Okay, that's nice and sharp. Um, I don't know. What Hold happened? on. I think I pressed something. Hold on. Live demo. Could be my fault because I... Um, I had moved the power supply over there. I think, yeah. Sorry about that. Hold on, let me, um, just give me one moment. All right. While Lady Ada is uh, getting another cable thing here. Yeah, I think that's my bad. I had to move stuff around, folks, so while we're uh, waiting, well, admire the photos. Oh yeah, you don't have a cable? Everything, everything's been moved. Everything's we did a lot gone. of cleaning, but um, I think we're gonna. Side I think we're gonna stick with the photos then. Let me stick with the photos. All and right. um, actually, no, let me just go to go to the overhead so I can point out oh, things. Point out the back of it. Yeah. Apologies. I think I, I unplugged the uh, the USB yeah, cable. Okay. Um, okay. So whew, I've got USB C uh, battery input, and you can see here's the STEM UT port. Um, you can plug in vertical. Hold on. There you go. Um, you can plug in uh, vertically, so you can have I squared C um, sensors and expanders. Reset and reset and boot buttons. Color TFT display. It's all feather compatible. Of course, you wouldn't want to plug a feather um, on top of it, like a feather wing on top of it. But you could use a doubler, or you could stack this on top of. I'm gonna try this other. I think yeah. something. I think that power supply is dead because yeah, the power lines are. It's okay. It happens. Um, yeah, everything. Everything got shifted around here. Uh, on the bottom, we've got um, an ESP32 um, S2 Mini with four megabytes of flash, two megabytes of PSRAM, um, all the passives for monitoring the battery. There's an LC709203, um, and that's a. I squared C ultra low power 
battery monitoring that does like um, voltage and not coulomb counting, but it like kind of tracks the voltage. You just tell it the capacity of the battery and it'll automatically, um, it'll automatically tell you the percentage and um, voltage of the battery. So you can like track percentage and not have to do the, the math to convert like 3.7 volts to whatever. And there's also a second regulator. Um, the second regulator is used to um, uh, uh, disable power um, from the I squared C or TFT display. So you can do like ultra low power usage. Cause I think that could be, uh, you know, more people are trying to use our boards for low power. And I, I thought um, I had time with this one to, to, cause I had to redesign it doing, due to the um, component shortage. Um, so you can turn off the TFT power and the power to the I squared C port and get down to like 80 to 100 uh, microamperes, which is about as low as you can get in deep sleep when using an ESP32 S2. Um, and still have like, you know, the regulator. And then of course in uh, a lighter sleep, like a sleep where you want to resume execution, I think it's about one milliamp. Um, so overall pretty um, full featured boards. This has like the most stuff. It's uh, double-sided. Um, so again, you know, you, you don't want to put a feather on top. I recommend like a doubler or something with this if you want to add um, more hardware. But this is also great for a breadboard because, you go overhead. You can um, use it on a breadboard and have the TFT display um, and, um, you know, plug it in and it'll, the, the height of all the components on the bottom isn't higher than um, the header spacer. So that's kind of what I recommend it to be used for. Um, but otherwise it's basically just like a Feather ESP32 S2 with a high speed TFT the display. Screen, yeah. And for CircuitPython it's great because you'll have um, the REPL show up on the TFT when you plug it in. And that's new products. All right. Well, guess what? We're going to do some top secret. Thanks for being a little late tonight, but we're, I know. we're not going to stop. We're going to get it's done this. It's been a day. Yeah. So let's do top secret, and y'all can load up questions over in the uh, Discord chat because that's where we do the questions and answers. So uh, first up, I'm going to do a couple of things. Yes. So this is the um, logo for the floppy project we're doing right now. It's called Adafruit Floppy. We'll see something. But uh, the logo, if you look close, this is the back of a, a floppy. Floppies don't have two hubs and spin around, but uh, a rabbit does. And then these are ears. I like logos that um, look like something else, like the FedEx logo. There's an arrow yeah. in it. And then you could see there's this like couple variations and stuff like that. And for those who know me, a little bit of a secret. You love monochrome history. logos. Well, not only that, but the Hackaday logo was almost a floppy that was going to be like a rabbit or with like skull stuff. Yeah. And so it was going to be like a rabbit skull with like wrenches or something like that. So that's the Hackaday logo I did. And uh, you could see there's like, you know, I have a style of a thing. And then this is uh, uh, Bruce, our designer, uh, worked with me on this. And it was, uh, it, it turned out good. So it definitely looks like the, the bunny and the skull are best friends. They're friends. Like they hang out, um, make coffee together. And so then you were showing off these things. This is the uh, super duper floppy, flippy flopper. Yeah, so this is um, a little breakout board to um, a standard floppy 34 pin connector and also a 26 pin um, surface mount connector for laptop floppy drives. Okay, and then you had uh, another thing. Uh, this is just like a little feather friend. This is something that's gonna make it easier for me to do um, projects with floppy disks because I can plug in um, a feather without having to do all the wiring. Do copy that floppy. This is um, important that when you make a package for a floppy disk drive that the yes. 
the schematic symbol must look like a floppy disk. It's the rule. And like, I actually spent a few minutes. Also made a breakout on request for the DRV 2605. Um, revisited um, an Itsy Bitsy ESP32 and um, finished routing an RP2040 Metro Airlift. All right, and that's top secret. All right, so don't forget, go over to Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord, join all 32,000 of us. And uh, we're gonna answer your questions. There's a couple lined up already. Okay. So, I hope it's not, why did I just break my power supply? Cause I didn't well, no, because we, look, you know, yeah, move, I'm angry this power supply. move fast and break things. Yeah, I know, sorry. I, I think did. that was my fault. It's, I, it's okay, so no, I think I kicked, I don't know, whatever. Who knows? Um, and my okay. I put away all my batteries. I was like, oh, I'm going to clean up my batteries. And of course, now I don't have a battery sitting. I usually have like three batteries in a pile on my desk. And of course, I was like, I'm going to clean up. And now I can't find them. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sometimes yeah. having piles of stuff is helpful. Yeah. Yeah, we just had to clean. We, we were starting. Uh, our apartment is definitely a place where someone who does electronics lives. Um, anyways, so a couple questions that Hit came me. in. Uh, folks say, loving all these logos. Is there any chance for sticker versions in the future? Yeah, so um, I'll also send them off. Yeah, I'll do some. I'll do some stickers. Yeah. Yeah, that's no problem. Oh wait, I had one more. Um, oh, you want? Okay, just show this way there. Where we're going to What else you got? Oh boy. You got pink KB twenty forty PCBs. So I'm gonna make all the RP twenty forty boards pink. I think this is. I think because it's like the pig. You know what I mean? If you have like a little pig snout for the keyboard, you gotta be pink. Since it's gonna be pink. Okay. Coming soon. Not a question, but uh, it's a nice treat for everyone. Uh, All right. Uh, thank you for the SWD header on the RP2040 Metro. Yes. And then uh, folks seem to like the RP2040 Metro. Do GAN fits offer any advantage thermally and other in low frequency DC, such as in a SSR? You know, I don't know. Um, every time I've, I've um, controlled an SSR, I've just used like a plain fit. Um, so I don't know, to be honest. And also, you know, I think to calculate, yeah, calculate your power requirements and then, you know, whatever. Usually it's like whatever is the RDS on or the, the you know, voltage drop of your, of your FET, whether it's a MOSFET or, or JFET or whatever FET. Um, and then if you have a high power requirement, then you get a bigger package, a heat sink, or a more efficient chip. Okay. And then... Um well, I think you can answer this question because it comes up. So what, what did you use to design? Because uh, it's a common question. What did you use to design this? This is Eagle CAD. This is Eagle CAD Components Editor. Yeah. Which you can export into um, KiCad or KiCad. Yes. Either one of those. Either one of those. <laughs> All right. It's XML. Okay. Let's see. I think some folks are typing, so we'll see if there's any more questions. Yeah. And then we'll skedaddle. Um, oh, how do you get a Hackaday Skull Sticker? Well, I think you could probably, well, well, go to hackaday.com and, and email them. I'm not connected with the site anymore. I just started it, did everything, and then uh, now it's theirs. Um, they've given away tons of stickers at events and more. Um, I have my own little small collection, but they're around. Um, the only thing I'd say is I think events, since we're not doing in-person events, means we're all not getting a lot of free stickers. Yeah, I know. So, um, I mean... It's uh, Ronald in the chat. Ronald, if you can't, if Hackaday won't send you one, email PT data for it. I'll make it happen. I mean, like, I don't have, please, everyone, don't email. I don't have enough for everybody, but, you know, try to do it. Okay. Um, next up. 
The new Adafruit ESP32 S2TFT have you use PPK2 or equivalent to power uh, for the power consumption at full power on with Wi-Fi? No, because I don't care. <laughs> uh, I only care about the lowest power, right? That's that's the part that you have to engineer to do. Believe me, you want to connect all sorts of peripherals, turn on the TFT backlight, full power, turn on the Wi-Fi. Um, you'll yeah, you'll start peaking at two hundred milliamps easily, but um, it really depends on your situation. The only thing I can control um, is the lowest power, and mm. we got that down to under 100 microamps. Good work. Usually people are most concerned with... Yeah, most people don't ask what's the most power it can use. Yeah, That's I think for, for microcontrollers, it's like, oh, like, does it have sleep? Does it have this? Can it do low power stuff? Can it turn on once in a while, watchdog stuff? Can it do something and go back yeah. to sleep? Um, that's a good question. Like, we should also do it the other way. Like, Max. This board goes to 11. I connected it to a light bulb. Yeah. Uh, and I think, Lady Ada, we're going to be... Uh, folks like the color TFT. Yep, they like that. All right, I think you're out. Yay. Okay, calling it. All right, that's our questions this week. Sweet. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us uh, this week in uh, an exciting show. Um, mask up, get vax, get boosted. Um, this will be over, but please stick around for the other side of it. I know. Um, and be good to each other. Special thanks to Jesse May, who's doing stuff behind the scenes in the Adafruit Slack. Special thanks to everyone in the Adafruit chat. I'll say... Uh, I had a crummy day, but I feel a lot better uh, because of all of you out there and in the chat and being nice and everything. So thank you. I, I, I forget that um, no matter how bad things are, I can go and hang out with our community uh, online and uh, get those good vibes. You know, some days it's, it's, it's hard to remember that because, you know, I'm not in front of the computer all the time. Take a floppy. Okay. Thank you. Um, all right. So, Have a floppy, share a floppy. Yeah, so we'll see everybody next week. Um, again, special thanks, JP, for doing show and tell this week. Thank you, everyone. Don't forget the code is New Year is here. We'll see you next week, and uh, hopefully this weekend we'll have some more progress on projects. So stay tuned to all of our blogs, social, and all that, and uh, we'll post up some more cool stuff of uh, more making things and sharing it with the world because that's what you do all the way back to high school you were doing that that's true some things change but some things a don't. lot of things don't and that's okay <laughs> that's fine the good thing like it's good i think i think i think i think young lady Ada would be proud if i could broadcast this and show her uh what you're up to I yeah think, i think she'd like it yeah okay all right everybody we'll see you next week this has been a native fruit production I, there's no reason I say this, by the way. I just like doing it. Um, <laughs> here's your moment of Zener. <laughs>